0: welcome to the unblocking crypto podcast this podcast is not financial advice it's meant for entertainment purposes only these are just the opinions of a couple of wrecks. welcome back to episode number 79 of unblocking crypto how great to see you so exciting news going on probably some of the biggest news we've seen in a little while paypal has announced that they are going to launch their own stablecoin i think they're going to call it pyusd uh, Paxos is the one that I think is enabling it and it's going to be launched on Ethereum. So uh, a big deal for Ethereum in general to see a stablecoin, another stablecoin launched on on their platform. And just to kind of level set how important this is, if you look at PayPal, they do about 40 million transactions per day. They have over 400 million active users globally. and They have, I think about 30 million, business accounts. So, I mean, there is a ton of business that PayPal does today that if they turn this all onto the blockchain and and do things on their stable coin, that will be a big deal. So exciting to see that and see what's going on.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a big deal if you're in a country where your local currency is fluctuating, you could easily move money into PayPal because that's traditionally no problem and then go from your local currency into paypal stablecoin and just sit there and then pull it out when you need it uh the more on and off ramps from fiat currencies into into cryptocurrencies at at this point i'm like you know i'm a bitcoin guy so that's at the top stablecoins there's definitely a, a strong use case there and then there's just so many other cryptocurrencies like it's hard for me to, something's going to be useful somewhere, and there, I don't know how many of those there are, but PayPal is, a, is a, a pretty monster financial player, and it's kind of that gap, in the gap between old school brick and mortar banks and cryptocurrency, right? It's like a new digital financial organization, so I'd say that this is a, it's good to see.
0: Yeah, I, I mean there's a lot of question marks too. And just I mean you look at the US regulation in general, there's not much. <laughs> so that's kind of kind of a problem right now. Uh, I mean we've we've talked about Japan having a big focus on regulation for stable coins especially and, and why that's taking off there. I mean the good news is PayPal is somewhat global. I think they're still located in the US, right? So, I
1: think so. the little that
0: I the little that I have read is they don't plan on following some of the regulations that are required by the the fed or something like that so there's still a lot more for me to understand but i mean in terms of big news like this is a big deal and if paypal does this i mean don't be surprised if everybody else tries to somewhat follow suit and do something very similar because they want to be involved in this business and and paypal's tried the problem that I guess I have with PayPal and Venmo is if you buy any sort of cryptocurrency, you have to go back into US dollars in cash through their account and you can't transfer that Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything else into a different wallet. So I know they're working on that. Right. But it's still, uh, it, it's, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but it's exciting to see that PayPal is getting more and more invested in crypto in general.
1: Right. And the more they get into crypto. I think the more likely or the sooner you'll be able to buy Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies on PayPal and then transfer into your your hard wallet or cold wallet or hot wallet or whatever wallet you got <laughs> without without having to go back into u s dollars and then transfer into your bank account so I, I, if I remember uh, PayPal was working on that, I thought that they'd already come out with it, but I can't keep up with with all of it yeah so i
0: don't I don't think it's live yet but they're definitely working on it maybe and, that's and what maybe i read that yeah it, it, i think uh, if you don't understand what a cold wallet and a hot wallet and all that kind of stuff is check the show notes there's a link in there and it'll try to explain some of that the the other from a macro perspective that was kind of interesting is bricks we've talked about bricks before they officially have their 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 dates of when they're getting together so it's august 22nd the 24th which is coming up here in a couple of weeks there were 74 invites that went out to countries so i think we've been talking about 20 to 30 or so countries that were interested it sounds like somebody and maybe it was the head of south africa just pretty much invited the entire african continent (laughs) one of the reasons why there's a ton of countries and the expectation is it will be in south africa and everyone will be Present there that does join, except for Putin, and he is going to be joining remotely because he's worried about being caught and tried for war crimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, like but, just yeah. I, this is a good time to say we're not promoting BRICS as a good thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no,
0: yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to stay on top of, right? I mean, you, you want to know what's happening, and if you're really going to have 74 countries show up, I mean, you talk about from a macro perspective how that could affect the world. That that's a pretty big deal. I mean, you're talking about a third of the
1: countries out there, right? It's a lot. No, it's it's not a good thing, but it is something that needs to be paid attention to, especially if you're into Bitcoin and have this. You know, Bitcoin has a lot of theses as to why its price will escalate, and one of them is the decline of the U.S. dollar as a federal or as a global reserve asset or, or global reserve currency, and U.S. Treasuries as a global reserve asset. And this BRICS, the, the the creation of a BRICS currency, and in general, like another power, you know, any of those countries alone isn't sufficient to compete with the United States. But when you have the natural resources from Russia, the manufacturing capabilities of China, and then you start tacking on all of the other countries on the way up, 74 countries, you're talking about substantial GDP, you're talking about something that can compete at least put up a fight i did see where putin had a speech and was basically talking about how the united states all they do is export the us dollar and manipulate global economies and so that's the sort of thing where you're gonna push back like you the united states have been doing this for a long time and now it's like some countries have just had enough and If they start transacting in non-U.S. dollars for energy and food and debt, then that could make a pretty big impact on the, the way that the global economy works, which would have an impact on Bitcoin if you're a believer that Bitcoin would be a viable alternative to U.S. dollar or whatever BRICS currency they use. So it's just it seems like there might be a shakeup and you need to know about it yeah
0: so the other thing that kind of happened almost right on top of that too was u.s debt was just downgraded from aaa to aa plus and i don't know how really important this is because i i mean I, i guess it's good to know i don't think it really affects anybody here from my perspective based on everything that i'm reading but it is still something that's in the news if you look at some of the metrics just behind our debt in general um, I think the expectation through the end of this decade is we're going to be adding five point two billion dollars a day. I mean, if you look at the, like that, seems payments,
1: low, low for 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 the rest of the decade. It, I think I think we've added over a trillion dollars in the last two months. One point
0: eight. So one point
1: eight trillion in the last two months. So and that's we're going to accelerate, right? Because we're going to debt problem. So we're It's not great. And I think that's kind of ties into the bricks thing of that you you kind of need to inflate your way out of this. And if the U.S. the U.S. is dictating your currency in your country and we are inflating it away to just deal with this debt problem, you're you're sinking and you have no control over it whatsoever. So I think that's that's another driving force there.
0: Yeah, so when we talk about 1.8 billion in the last eight weeks, just to or sorry, 1.8 trillion in trillion. the last eight weeks, what's interesting is it took the U.S. 209 years to get to their first 1.8 trillion in debt, and now we've done it in eight weeks. From
1: there. That's the thing about exponential growth, man, <laughs> it, it, it's not a big deal, and then you're like, oh, we're doubling every day now, okay. yeah.
0: So, and I guess kind of going back to some of the reasons why it was downgraded. I mean, they talked about there's an expected financial decline, uh, political disagreements, and then uh, just the growing unsustainable debt burden, right, that they have. And the, the problem that I have with some of this is it's almost true for every country out there, right? I mean, right. the countries that theoretically are still AAA are like germany and switzerland and there's still issues with investing in their debt too so i mean it it, it's it's kind of a this doesn't really matter (laughs) but it's theoretically what could happen is it could make it more expensive for the u.s to raise money which at the end of the day comes back into us paying more one way or the other right so if we get to the point where we're
1: we're we're in yield curve control, then we're buying our own debt anyway. So if the interest rate goes up, all we're doing is making our debt worse. This is the whole debt spiral, like you're chasing your tail. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants to buy your debt because they don't believe, like who's buying a 30 year United States bond? Like, are you that confident that 30 years from now, everything's cool? Probably not. So the, the United States is gonna have to buy their own bonds for it, it's, it's gonna happen soon. And foreign countries have slowed their purchases of U S bonds because we told Russia, Hey, your bonds are no good. And so with between the bricks stuff, China started buying gold, selling bonds and buying gold. So that's on the way to develop their own currency and perhaps back it by by at least partially by gold. They've got a reputation problem on their currency. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but. The United States has got to do something and they, like Janet Yellen addressed that uh, downgrade similar to you. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's in everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's printing money the same and we're on an unsustainable spending path and we're not changing that course. <laughs> that's I'm paraphrasing what she said, but basically <laughs> yeah. that's what it was like. It doesn't matter. We're going to keep spending it more than we bring in. Next story, please. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much
0: the way that I look at it is in the past, we have been having the, the Fed or whatever bail out the economy, right? And now this next version of it is going to be the Fed bailing out the U.S. government. So at the end of the day, it's still going to be more more printing of money. And typically when that happens, things like Bitcoin continue to increase because there's a set amount of it, right? So... I think the point here is that if this continues to happen, then that's only good news for Bitcoin and and possibly the rest of crypto too.
1: Right. I mean, as the dollar slides, people realize that it's not going to be worth much next year so that they'll get out of the dollar and into something. And some of that something will be Bitcoin. Yeah.
0: So I know we've talked a lot about the ETF stuff in the past too. And I think the, the current... Expectation is that the Bitcoin spot ETF had about a sixty-five percent chance of getting approved this year, which which is amazing considering
1: it was probably sub one <laughs> at the beginning of this year. It's it started at sub one, and then somebody was like, "Man, with ten percent, you know," and then twenty percent, and then sixty-seven percent, and then this guy Nate Gerassi, who he's the president of the ETF story. He's like an ETF guy. He's early, an early financial adopter of the ETFs. And so he came out and said to clarify my prediction on the, ET, the Bitcoin spot ETF, I believe that the Grayscale lawsuit will go Grayscale's way. The Coin SSA, which is the surveillance sharing agreement with the NASDAQ, which is the surveillance piece that the SEC always fell back on to deny Bitcoin spot ETF approvals between those two. He said the Bitcoin spot ETF has close to a hundred percent chance of being approved. And to even further like like that's that's great, right? Just anything is saying close to a hundred percent is good enough. And then he said his guess would be around January of twenty twenty four for that that as far as that time frame goes. Which we're halfway through August. That's cool. That's soon. You know, there's not a lot of time. And yeah, so just
0: over four months.
1: Yeah. So in that's even in bitcoin terms that's pretty fast. So that's that falls into what we we kind of talked about the last few weeks is if things roll out the way that they kind of might with a btc etf approval in january the the fasb accounting rules where like companies like microstrategy have to report their losses as bitcoin's price decreases they if bitcoin if they buy bitcoin at 30,000 it's on their books at 30,000. Well, if it drops to 20, they gotta take a $10,000 per Bitcoin hit on their books. But if it goes up to 40, they don't get to take that appreciation, right? They, they have to book it at the lowest value since they bought it. And Michael Saylor's been fighting this fight since the beginning because it's, it's pretty, one, for two reasons. One, it's, it's unfair, it doesn't make sense. You have a, a liquid asset that you can turn into cash so why have to have it as an intangible asset that is, acts more like a fixed product that you don't know if you can sell? And so, but two, it's it's hugely restrictive because you've got public companies that don't want to do it because they're, they're going to have to take that loss when Bitcoin's price drops. And it's not clear in the financial statements that they do every quarter. So when people are analyzing their stock, they have to give them supplementary documentation that explains why they took a $40 million hit when Bitcoin went down. But by the way, Bitcoin's back up and our assets are actually worth more. It's very unclear. So the, the you know, FASB, SEC, these guys want the financial statements to be easy to read people to understand them and, and for it to be like a one-stop shop to get information on whether or not you want to buy a stock and so there's a real shot that fasby they they came out they came out earlier in the year and asked for comments on this to move it from move crypto assets from an intangible asset to whatever the the like a mark to market type of asset so when they when a public company comes out with their financial statements they say ding all right bitcoin's worth x dollars we own this much Bitcoin. Here's the value of the Bitcoin on this date. And then that gets put into their balance sheet, which would be great, especially for MicroStrategy and any company that buys now, if Bitcoin goes to a hundred thousand, they get to have take all of that appreciation and it'll be, you know, a boost for their, their stock. So we're close to that too, right? I don't that, That's not a, there's not a, time limit or an expectation of that the comment period ended in June and I haven't heard anything about it since you got to think six more months and they got you know you could have a rule change well six more months is between the potential ETF approval and the having so you could you could have the ETF approval bringing in a lot more retail money followed by the FASB change which could bring in a lot of institutional like company corporate bond corporate treasury money and then the having cutting the supply in half every day or on a, on a every 10 minute basis. And so you could get some real like Bitcoin scarce, right? They've ever, you hear it all the time, Bitcoin scarce, but we talked about it a few weeks ago. There's basically the same amount of Bitcoin is being bought every day. That's coming in from mining. Well, if, if you are bringing in all these new buyers of Bitcoin, And then you cut the supply, the new supply every day in half price, the price escalation could be crazy. Um, So that's like the most bullish way I can explain how things roll out over the next year.
0: Well, the other thing is the amount of Bitcoins getting mined every day, it's being acquired at two to three X that every day from all the other people right now. And that has nothing to do with any sort of spot ETF. So if that happens, one, that is definitely a huge supply. Uh, issue that we run into. But the other thing shortly after the happening, six months after the happening, you have the election and you already have now two candidates that have said, we'll accept Bitcoin for political donations as well. So it is gonna be one of those things gets talked about right up until the election, at least from a couple of these candidates as well. So, I mean, there's another, we're looking at just over 12 months of a lot of cryptocurrency news in the market Consistently.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see I don't see how a presidential candidate could come up and be anti-Bitcoin at this point. You you've got guys on both sides that are pro-Bitcoin. You've got DeSantis being anti-CBDC, which is he can see being pro-Bitcoin from where he's standing. And he spent a bunch of money and he's losing ground big time to Trump, who's being indicted left and right. And I think he's da- he's down like a crate, like forty points to Trump right now. So it, it, you know he needs to come up with some kind of strategy. Bitcoin's been a cheat code for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So you could see him kind of jump up on that. But at this point, Bitcoin's everybody's pretty f- curious about it and favorable. Uh, there's not doesn't seem to be a very large voter block that would be like, yeah, I'm gonna am I'm, I'm gonna vote for this guy because he's anti Bitcoin and so am I. I don't think that's a winning strategy for, I think if you were anti-Bitcoin and and pro Social Social Security adjustments, I think you could just go ahead and not run for election, you know, like you're just not going to be able to reform Social Security and I don't think you're going to be able to be anti-Bitcoin. No,
0: makes sense. So the other thing on terms of uh, ETF, by the way, Ethereum futures ETF looks like it has about a 75% chance of happening this year now too. So not only is Bitcoin and and hopefully the spot Ethereum follows shortly thereafter, right? But but it's interesting to see more of this being possible for a lot of these guys, a lot of these funds.
1: Yeah, I mean, the more people get comfortable with it, the easier it is.
0: So with all of the recent allegations around the Ripple case, I don't know if you heard, but Coinbase has asked the supreme court or whoever the judges are to dismiss the entire case between them and the sec pretty much i think you're saying that the based on what's going on this is outside of the sec's jurisdiction so it needs to be handled by somebody else and we've talked about some of the regulation that's going through that gives it almost turns a lot of this more into a commodity once it gets onto the exchanges so it'll be interesting to see if that happens and and if it becomes a CFTC problem or, or what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, we're it, it, it'll be kind of fun to see if that, if that happened and eliminated two years of back and forth between Coinbase and SEC and the
1: whole process,
0: that would be kind of interesting too.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about this ripple case and the decision from the judge that yes. Prior to the, the, the pre-mined ripple is. Uh, security but once it hits the exchange and it's just a blind commodity people are buying and selling and that's no longer a security that's all coinbase does is sell Mm -hmm. post post pre-mined coins you know back and forth left and right and and they i think they have hundreds of them on their platform and so if if this thing gets tied up I mean, it took Ripple like t- between two or three years to get to that decision. They can't if they appeal and they go through this process. Another two or three years from now, like crypto is going to be taken over in in a pretty significant way. They just they're not they're the government's losing, and they're losing faster and faster as time goes on. So they need to set some regulations that make some sense and and then evaluate some things and move on but what they're doing now like the sec telling coinbase hey take the take everything down that isn't bitcoin just trust us you need to like that's a, that's their you know some some super soft verbiage like that like just you have to do it And brian armstrong asked why and they're like well you just you just have to like that's not that's not how regulations work and so, you just believe us, right? Like that's we're gonna shut down our basically our whole business because you you asked us to without any without any explanation. Oh, the, I think the line was we aren't going to explain it to you. That's <laughs> that's not how regulation works. So uh, to me, this uh, the government's floundering, and they're they're actually there. There may actually be consequences for them to not act here because things are moving so fast. So they have to do something and I don't know if they will. Speaking of
0: other programs, I know we've talked a little bit about Polygon and what they're kind of terming Polygon 2.0, which includes moving from the MATIC token over to the pull token POL. And there wasn't a lot of data that really or information that came out when they first announced it. And they're starting to release a little bit more. The way that I understand it is that what they're trying to do is be that interactive blockchain that can deal with almost anything out there. So today we have a problem. It's very difficult to go from Bitcoin to Ethereum or or back, right? You have to use kind of almost a a third party to help out with that or another wallet to to transact it. Their goal is to have kind of a, a single location that can interchange with all the different blockchains and make it a almost seem like there's a single blockchain out there, even though it won't be a single blockchain. Kind of to your point, I know you're a huge Bitcoin fan, but there's a lot of applications that doesn't make sense to put on Bitcoin. So you're gonna need other blockchains as well, but you wanna be able to connect them all up to each other at the end of the day, somewhat seamlessly. I mean, the user interface in crypto has been a pain in the ass for a lot of years. It's getting better. <laughs> it's, it's still not there, right? And this is theoretically what it sounds like, a push to try to make that a, a much better interaction.
1: Well, that would be interesting. I I think from that's like good for crypto people, you know, I don't know that it's good for the adoption of crypto into people who aren't already into crypto. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I think it makes it, makes it easier in the future, right? I mean, I think it's still for most people getting into crypto, it's too much to understand right now, but theoretically it should be better, cheaper, faster. If it's on a layer two rather than on a layer one, but still have the security of the layer one. So there are benefits to it. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's still a long ways to go. I think to make this a reality, what, from what I heard is you'll have four years to transfer your MATIC tokens over to you, the new poll token. So I haven't really seen how you do that yet, though. So I don't think that four years has officially started yet, but that's going to be the process at some point that people need to pay attention to if you do have MATIC.
1: Yeah. So I wonder why they don't do like a fork there so that people like me who I don't want to I know that I own some Matic somewhere I don't really want to go dig it up and transfer it over to pull why don't they just fork it over and then let the Matic blockchain die and the new pole everybody that had Matic has pole and instead of having to get people to do it it just does it just does it for you that's the beauty of a fork right.
0: Well, I guess it, it, a fork would theoretically give you yes, both. So, I, I mean, I think what they're it would trying give, to it would do give is people, people the up.
1: option. It would give people the option to keep Matic and keep it going, and they yeah. don't want that. I mean, so maybe it's a maybe they're just trying to make sure that they it goes the direction they want it to go. Because that's, I mean, that's the beauty yeah. of Bitcoin, right? I mean, anybody can try to come up with new rules anytime they want, but as long as most people say, "No, the Bitcoin rules we follow on our node are this way," so. Your, you know, your poll from Bitcoin is is useless. Well, if they did that, the Matic people could decide that we were going to stick with the, the original Matic and not the new the new poll. So, if they trained maybe that maybe that has something to do with it. And shoot,
0: maybe it changes, right? I mean, there there is no details on how to get this done yet, so they're probably throwing some ideas out and seeing how people react to it at this point.
1: Yeah. But like for me, sometimes I buy stuff like, and I'm like, oh, we'll see what happens. So if they do that, it's like, oh, we're going to shut down. We're going to push this to zero. Like without you talking to me about Matic and what's going on, like four years from now, it's probably going to be zero for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the other thing, we've talked about WorldCoin, scanning your irises for your data to get access to their token that will save the world, apparently, according to Sam Altman. Kenya actually just suspended <laughs> WorldCoin in Kenya and they're, they're I guess, trying to research more into what WorldCoin is doing and if it's violating any, any laws. It sounds like what they were promising people in Kenya was kind of the equivalent of like $49 to scan their iris, which I'm sure in Kenya probably goes a, a, a decent uh, amount of money for a lot of people. So Kenya stopped it. I know, I think there are a couple of other countries last week that we talked about that were almost doing the same thing, trying to determine whether or not WorldCoin is a a good thing for people or not. So they continue to be in the news, even though they've had some kind of crazy growth in the past few weeks since their launch. So we'll see what happens there too. yeah, no thanks. Yeah. I I don't see it taking off in the U S very much, to be honest with you. And I, I definitely wanted to hit on a couple of things on the NFT side. So CBS Studios just got their trademark approval approved for Star Trek. So you're going to start to see some Star Trek NFTs that come out, which, I mean, I would think if you're a fan of Star Trek, you you like that type of stuff anyways. <laughs> you're more techie than most other people, so it kind of makes sense. So what that turns into, I have no idea, but I mean, it's not like they're the only company going after NFTs, Disney and a few others are doing that. Including Amazon. So, Amazon just announced that if you're a Prime member and you go play some of whatever the Amazon games are, you can get in game NFTs that can be traded. So, it's kind of this play to earn type mentality. And right now, it's available to their 170,000 or 170 million Prime subscribers or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get a free NFT, go play an Amazon game right now. <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, it's a sandbox, you play in it. That can't cost Amazon very much money.
0: Uh, I think they've been a big fan of crypto and we'll we'll see what it really turns into here in, in the future, but it's exciting to see them getting more involved yeah. in it. I mean, their, their hope, and I think eBay was kind of the same way, is almost creating an uh, NFT marketplace or, or more of a marketplace for crypto in general. And they're both flirting with the idea right now, trying to figure out how to do that. And, We'll see what happens
1: Yeah, on my side. So I had, I had this issue with trading stocks. So TD Ameritrade who I've used as a stock trading platform since like 2004. So almost 20 years. So I was really, I knew my way around the app and the website and, and it was easy for me to buy and sell stocks. Well, they got bought by Schwab and within the last few months, everything got transferred over to Schwab and their app sucks. Like it's hard to navigate. You Clicking through it is clumsy. You can't see your gains and losses and your values at the same time. It's very weird. And so I was like, you know, I might just close this down. I don't, I I don't like this. I've got a a financial advisor. I'll just give him the money and, and instead of just buying some of these stocks on the side. And so I was into this biotech stock and then it was just kind of a, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was, it was kind of a speculative shot about this drug getting approved and it didn't look like it was going to get approved. So at like five o'clock Tuesday, I'm like putting in a sell order after hours. So an after hours sell order can't be a market sell. It's got to be a, a, a limit price order. And so I'm pretty, yeah, pretty sure I'd do it right. I, you know, click on extended hours because the stock market closes and, and and play by all these stupid rules that you just have to learn, you know, over time. And um, I'm pretty sure it said order received and I felt good about it. I So I didn't think much about it. And then I got real busy the next day. And then after hours, the next day, the report came out that the drug wasn't approved, And it was like a math. It was like the worst way to fail, like complete failure. <laughs> and the stock went down like 80% after hours. And I'm like, well, glad I sold. And I went to check and I still own all the shares that i had owned before. So for whatever reason, that order to go through. And then I clicked and I tried to look at my old orders and it wasn't in there. I'm like, man, I know that it said order received. So I'm like, you know, this is the last one I'm just going to close this Schwab account. And buy some Bitcoin. Uh, I think like it's just easy. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter if I wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I want to sell some Bitcoin. I can do it. Or you know, we keep talking every week about all these bullish things—the ETF, FASB accounting rules, institutional money coming in, the having next year. And and so it's like I think I would rather just buy Bitcoin and sit on it and not have to think about all these different companies. So maybe that's going to happen. Like Schwab bought the Meritrade and, and and it just pushed me even more towards Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, I mean the benefit of being open twenty four seven three sixty five is is a huge deal. I mean you don't well, have also, limitations. And it's
1: also and it's a benefit that every company that's that you can use to buy or sell Bitcoin is new. So they don't have garbage technology. Schwab 100 years old, and you can tell when you look at the app. It's like this was built by people that aren't good at this. Like they have probably all this legacy technology that's evolved slowly over time, and they're like, okay, well, we have to do the app this way so that it interfaces with our old technology. We can't, you know, update that. It's too big of a project or whatever. There's got to be a reason why their app sucks so bad. And and Coinbase's app, very easy to use strike super easy to use so you know i'm it's i'm pretty old in crypto terms i'm not old enough to deal with schwab yeah i mean to your point strike is probably one of the simplest
0: ways to buy and sell bitcoin i mean i I wish everything was that easy you know they unfortunately don't have anything else other than bitcoin so if you want something other than bitcoin you have to Venture outside of just a strike app, but for the most for most people,
1: talking like great me, get started. Guys, <laughs> yeah. I got like a button on my phone that I push, and it's like I, you might push three buttons: open the app, transfer money, buy Bitcoin. Done. So easy.
0: Uh, it, yeah, it's it's amazing.
1: So it and unlike, my unlike PayPal, place to buy. yeah, unlike PayPal, you can move it into your wallet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So
0: well, cool. Well, as always, great catching up with you, Hal some exciting stuff happening here in the past week and I'm sure we'll continue to hear some more interesting stuff over the next few months with everything going on but as always crypto continues to move in a very positive bullish momentum here lately so that's that's exciting
1: yep i mean it's it's kind of fun to prepare for this podcast every week because i'm like I don't know if the algorithm only gives me the good news or what, but it's, it's, it's hard to convince myself that Bitcoin's going anywhere but up. Yeah. You know, I know the feeling. I have
0: that conversation with people constantly. I'm like, I do this just to try to prove myself that I'm doing something wrong and I can't find anything that says I'm doing it wrong. It's, it all points the opposite direction for me right now.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all going up.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll talk again next week.
1: Awesome. Sounds good, Jason.
0: See ya. If all of these crypto conversations leave you with more questions and you're looking for answers, I've created a product that dives into most of those answers, including why crypto, how to set up a cold wallet, and some of the more advanced strategies for dealing with crypto. Check the link in the notes below and hope to see you there.